What's their future advice that you need to employ for the future world, for the future you? The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Darcy Angaro. Welcome along to the show, Darcy. Great to have you back. Welcome along, Paul. Great to have you here, right where I left you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, maybe you can uh, fill listeners in where you fit into this wide world of podcasting and Mm. technology and Mm. finance as well. I barely fit into the technology world, I'll tell you that much. Oh, rubbish. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm still working my Nokia phone. So I fit more into the podcasting world now, I guess, than the tech world. NZ Everyday Investor is a show that I think we've recorded up to episode 14 we've got 10 episodes out there and that's been amazing and um, separate to that my core business is i'm a financial advisor based in freeman's bay auckland so there's the two hats that i wear yeah and of course uh you know and part of the reason we wanted to chat today is because you know technology is is having an increasing sort of uh role within the world of uh of you know financial management and uh, investment and so on so uh, but we'll we'll dive into that during the show um now a few things uh quite interesting to chat about today um we're going to talk about the uh the new zealand uh, health software uh project we're uh over a hundred million dollars has been. Um, I'm not sure whether we should say invested into that or quite what the word is at the it moment. Spent. Because it, was uh, spent. it has, it mm. ha- we are told that it has. Uh, yeah, the, the over a hundred million has been uh, uh, invested today, uh, and this is a system uh, called NOS, and um, this is the uh, the uh, na- uh, national um, project that. Is the uh, the health the health uh, boards around the country uh, working together? All twenty of them uh, have invested in this, and you know it's it's really meant to be the uh, the the platform that gives them uh, you know a, a modern uh, set of technology tools to operate from. Uh, it's been going for what about six years now, and really it hit all the all the headlines today. Mm. Uh, and uh, we're now we're now told. Uh, that it's been put on hold until uh, further notice. It's kind so. of ironic, though. Like the, the NOS, nitrous oxide, <laughs> yeah. laughing gas, yeah. which is used in the hospitals. Yeah. Isn't that just irony all over this story? Yeah, It's very, very... Didn't you used to have a Toyota um, Corolla that used to run off NOS as well? I'm sure you did, right? You look like the kind of guy who drove a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> I uh, I did have a friend who was uh, who used to uh, go and buy NOS by the uh, <laughs> by the bottle. He would uh, he'd put his little uh, doctor's uh, thing around his uh, neck and pretend to be a doctor, and uh, he oh, would uh, he would use days. it at his parties. Anyway, back back on track. So yeah, this is being sort of reported, um, you know, ac- across the media today. Uh, NOS National Oracle. Uh, system. So that was the the title that was uh, that was that was given to it. Uh, a company called Asperona, who is sort of you know very uh, very very close partner um, of US based uh, Oracle uh, here in in New Zealand, who have been um, you know were were involved in that. I think from uh, from the get go. Look, I don't know all all the ins and outs. The people that have been involved uh, and you know why this is sort of got to this point um they went out to uh deloitte's and and uh, uh had a review uh done on nos to, to see uh where it was at and so that's sort of more money sort of that's gone into uh gone in to have a look at it uh, look we, we i guess we've you know we've talked about these big projects uh in the past and it does seem really difficult to to do these uh these types of big uh big software uh, projects, whether they're you know whatever area of of government that they're aimed at, um, you know we've had the debacle of of payroll systems for the schools that was uh, mm. it was a nightmare, um, and yeah, like you know we, we so and these acronyms get uh, get attached to mm. these things and, uh, what, and was the, what was what was what was the what was the school no, one no, called Novo no Pay I think it was not Nova Pay but Novo Pay. 
I'm pretty sure it was Novopay, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Novopay, but um, it could be ma- Novopay. Ma- 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 sure. but, but anyway, now I'm yeah. wondering. Um, What's funny is schools and education attract acronyms. Yeah. That's that's the extent of my knowledge yeah. in, in those two spaces, eh? And uh, but we, you know, we, yeah, when we look at look at these things, you know, I guess we don't hear about the projects that go really well. Um, you know, I guess that's that's fair to say. You don't you don't you don't hear too much about those. But look, these sort of you know big scale projects that try and do everything in one in one hit uh, are incredibly challenging, and they do seem to be you know pretty prone to failure. Uh, you know, and I, and I guess you know we've moved into into a world where. Um, yeah, maybe it's not so common to try and solve to solve all of these issues with one product that takes a, a horrendous amount of time uh, to develop, but to uh, um, you know do things in, in maybe smaller bite-sized chunks have have uh, mechanisms through which one product talks to another rather than having to you know have this one system that uh, that does uh, it that, all from that, start that, to finish. That, that does it all. Yeah, um, I mean it just it seems like a a pretty large chunk of money. We, you know, I think we've also uh, so Auckland Council have poured lots of money into trying to bring their, you know, modernise some of their technology systems, bring them together from the uh, the various councils that came together for the super city. Uh, so I guess you have that though. Whenever, whenever something is a bespoke environment, you mm. can't just take something off the shelf and turn it on. It's got to be bespoke. And like an architect, you're spending thousands of dollars at these people. You're giving them tons of money, a lot of resources to build something, almost like they're an artist, and they've just got to create it from scratch. So it's probably no wonder to a certain extent why sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's, uh, yeah, it seems uh, easier for these things to fail than it does for them to succeed. You know, you end up with these multi-year projects, staff come and go, so you know uh, it's hard to retain people. So you might have sort of real key people that are that that you know really should have been involved the whole way through the process. Uh, often that aren't, so you lose the you lose these people that have a huge amount of project knowledge. They go because there's a better opportunity right. down All you know down the road with them. And yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's very hard. So I, th- I think there's you know there's lots of aspects. It's really easy to you know criticise these things, especially when you're looking you know years and years back to when these uh, you know projects were were conceived. Um, but look, it's um, it's it's not probably quite a, quite as uh, quite as easy as that. Yeah. And it, it will be fascinating to know to know the insights. And you know, often over time with these sorts of things, then you do get people that start to speak out that have been involved, and you know, they'll tell you all the things that were you know not not right from their perspectives as well. Mm. Um, so you know, no doubt there'll be a little bit that sort of comes uh, mm. come, comes to light. Um, but uh, yeah, hundred million dollars is a is a is a, is a fair a fair, uh, uh, fair fair chunk to yeah. uh, fair chunk to invest. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, twenty bucks of that was yours, That's right. at least um, <laughs> maybe so, a bit more. Uh, yeah. So if we you know add, add that up just across our uh, our, our listener base, it's uh, yeah quite a quite a quite a bit of money uh, burnt there and across the country. Yeah. Not uh, uh, not ins- insignificant. So, uh, look, you know, and I've talked about this on uh, Radio New Zealand recently. This, you know, the challenge that our uh, that our health boards do have from a technology perspective, because a lot of their technology is, you know, quite old and aging, and and that creates issues from a cybersecurity perspective as well, right? You've got all this uh, old stuff, you know, servers that aren't maintained and patched and, and current and up to date necessarily because they're running software that's so old that, you know, actually um, they can't be sort of fully so fully, fully secured, right? They can't really, to talk to the new system, they've got to go through another pathway and I guess it just requires complete rebuild, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty messy. So, um, yeah, no, there's no kind of, you know, quick fix, easy, easy answers, I, you know, mm. I, I wouldn't think. Uh, but probably a new new approach that's required. I do, yeah. It is it is curious the idea of putting a project like this on hold. Um, yeah, I, I don't quite know, you know, how how that works because if you put it on hold, you probably very hard to fire it up again afterwards. So you, you I, I, I would it, imagine because right? so when it gets to this stage, you've you've, you've kind of almost kissed goodbye to it. Would I that, would have, I would have thought so. That yeah. would that would that would be my feeling because you know people have got to be taken you know off this. Mm. Um, and how long does it take to do a review? There's just bad you know, vibes that, that around can, it now, that can, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, very, very hard to sort of to resurrect it. So even if 
actually it is the right thing to finish it off and you know who knows what what that might cost maybe it's another uh, 20 mil but maybe it's another 100 uh, you know who, who knows the reality of it uh, you know, but let's say that we were getting reasonably close to, to finishing off and they're in that sort of state and you put it on hold probably uh, yeah, pretty pretty hard to get that fired up again unless they figure that out pretty quickly mm. and press go again um, quite smartly I would, I would another think. 90 million or 100 million it was 90 million this morning and then the latest article it was 100 million so yeah, well, M- NBR was yeah, saying that they'd, they'd heard uh, they'd heard a hundred million. Uh, Auditor General's office had yeah had mentioned eighty seven million, but of course, you know that was maybe you know financial accounts from right. you know however many you know months ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, devices. yeah, kind of uh, kind of an interesting times. Is that the yeah. sort of money you'd spend on uh, on new tech projects in your your business, Darcy? Oh man, I I, I agonised recently over buying um, something from Adobe recently, and it was um, it was a tough decision. Ninety nine dollars a month. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's, it's I'm still expensive. making it. To be honest, I don't know. I don't know if I can commit to it. So, <laughs> but you have to, you know. It all comes down integral. to scale, doesn't it? It yeah. is. It's yeah, certainly guess, much easier to make those small decisions, though, isn't it? When you're committing to something monthly, you know, you can, yeah. you know, you can kill it off if you don't like. Yeah. And uh, you know, we we are in that world where there's actually so much, you know, software that's available that's really good. Correct. It meets a particular a particular right, need. Yeah. You can get up and running quite quickly. You know, I think that is uh, has really benefited you know small businesses and you yeah. know, New Zealand's a country full of small businesses. So that reality that we can get up and running with little yeah. bits and pieces quite quickly. There's a, a, often a, a flip side to that with you know uh, people jumping in on maybe the, the the wrong tools or the wrong software because it's free or it's cheap or yeah. uh, something or or just that they they didn't know how to sort of really analyze what was going to be a good fit and you you then tempted just to oh let's press go we can be up and running with this and it says in five minutes and i think that's what i need and so you get running and you find the sales well well, actually that's that's not the right thing or it doesn't meet our requirement uh or yeah you get a month or two in to to try to move on to uh onto this platform and then you find it's uh we we get that a um, a whole lot of time like with with our business and a lot of financial advisors will will know if they're listening, know what I'm talking about here. Having a CRM system, a good CRM system, is absolutely critical. But it's really hard finding one that works for your model that you're running. And so I've kind of gone through this in a very micro scale where, you know, one sense we just create our own. Everything works just the way we want it, but it's kind of rubbish. Or you buy something off the shelf and you try to get it integrated into your exec. But nothing ever really fits perfectly well. So you can see how on a macro level... There is this structural flaw, you know, that people will throw tons of money to try to make something fit and work for a specific application, but it just, I, I can see how it wouldn't work. And, and the, if you get it wrong, like, it's like we've seen, it's big, big numbers. Big hit, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I can kind of draw the link between the micro and the macro in this yeah. sense. But yeah, it's, um, on, on, the, uh, on the, you know, on the flip side, if you can improve somebody's productivity by, you know, just a small amount, the, yeah. you know, the benefit of that is, is huge. And, you know, health systems are always stretched. It's, all, it's always a challenge. So, you know, if you can... If you could sort of flip a switch there and improve, you know, improve mm. productivity, and you sure. know, there's a reverse if, if people's productivity is is down, which is you know potentially the situation at the moment, right? With these old tools, yeah. Um, yeah I did a calculation ju- just for a, a, a small business uh, recently for something I was putting together, and the 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 productivity hit in a small business typical sort of scenario. And I was just looking at this from a, a very simple perspective. So uh, if someone's not on the right sort of hardware, maybe they've decided to stay on there. You know, well, let's keep our computers for five years because everything seems to be running, you know, okay. But if that leads to a 5% impact on your on your productivity because you're running some dog slow computer, um, over three years, I think it was, you know, it was at least $10,000 sort of, you know, Im- impact um, in, you know, right. in that case. So... It makes it pretty easy on a simple choice like that. Should we get good, fast, modern computers for our staff, or should we try right. and stretch them out for, uh, you know, for for an extra, um, you know, an extra year or two? You know, it's a few thousand dollars a year so to, to, to have the, yeah. to, you know, to um, uh, impact to have the wrong gear, or if you know you flip it, that's the benefit to your business of of spending the small amount that it costs to actually have the right. 
right. uh, the right hardware. And, and you know, and these things can obviously relate to the the tools you're using. If if they have a positive impact on your productivity, or they mm. have a negative uh, impact, then uh, you know, it, it, it generally makes sense to make a move. So, you know, look, thinking of of how many people working uh, across our our district health boards in New Zealand, if we can. You know, notch notch things up and uh, and make that better. Then yeah, there will be a really good flow on the savings over there on that side. Hopefully, would outweigh you know the the cost of implementing a new system and and the loss that they're potentially taking here. That, as that's well. it. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, this this system. Um, yeah, would they make different decisions designing it today? I'm sure they would, but you know, got to weigh up how Pretty much has been how, though, how much has been put into yeah. it. Can they utilize any of what's yeah. been built, it's or do they just hit the uh, hit the flush button and yeah. uh, and start uh, again. Let, let it go and uh, start again? Crazy. We will we will we will see that uh, in in time for sure. Um, but yeah, big 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 numbers, and it's. It is worrying when you hear that, yeah, potentially that money's uh, just just been wasted. Um, yeah, well, the uh, yeah. Whoever's the, whoever did the job is, you know, doing all right. <laughs> Maybe looking for a discount for the next gig. Who knows? Indeed. Um, yeah, there's. I think uh, Aspirina was sort of sold partway partway through that uh, uh, that, that that process. So. Um, I'm sure that probably uh, probably, probably helped help, helped with the with the uh, the sale price may not have uh, may not have helped with the yeah. success of the project when you you know when you've moved yeah. uh, from being a locally owned business to uh, to being being owned um, offshore potentially there might be a little bit less kind of direct ownership linking back to uh, individuals. Now there was um, a headline uh, one of the one of the guys in the office um, passed to me today. Russian malware is really killing it lately. Um, quite like that headline. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and and it was uh, this was on uh, on uh, site long reads, but basically a little bit of um, uh, an in, an intro to an article that Wired have have done uh, around the the impact of uh, of not uh, not picture. Uh, and p- particularly uh, focusing in on the impact on uh, Maersk shipping. And look, really, really fascinating read, so I'm going to post it up on the NZ Tech Podcast uh, site. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were just talking about, you know, one, once uh, once NotPetya sort of started around their network, that it just moved really, really uh, quickly. And um, I'll read it. I'll read a couple of little bits out. Um, Disconnecting Maersk's entire global network took the company's IT staff more than two panicky hours. By the end of that process, every employee had been ordered to turn off their computer and leave it at their desk. The digital phones at every cubicle too had been rendered useless in the emergency network shutdown. Uh, and it runs runs through sort of the whole the whole story, and then you know racing out to try and buy new computers. Um, the impact, which was talked about as being a ten billion dollar uh, impact of not picture overall. I've you know heard did, did you say ten billion? Ten billion wow. yeah, globally, but I, but uh, Maersk seemed to be uh, the one that was that was impacted uh, the most dramatically. And yeah, I remember you know even here in in New Zealand they were you know basically their their operations uh, you know froze up, and for a global entity like that, the the impact was massive. So uh, yeah, so it was it, you know not nice what what happened to their business, but a really uh, good example of why it's important for organisations to have a you know, have good plans around cybersecurity to really be you know maintaining their systems uh, you know properly and appropriately to have uh, you know the right mechanisms. Yeah, because like, what would you do? In, in like, place. What, you go into a business like that if if you could wind back the clock and get everybody into a room and tell them what they should do to maintain good security. What would you What would you say to them apart from keeping your passwords safe? Like with something like that, well, there's, there's, actually... I mean, there's a there's a whole uh, the, you know there's a whole combination of of things you know why these computers were were able to you know why the malware was able to jump from one computer mm. to to another, um, you know whether they're patched up to date. So yeah, there I guess you know a, a lot of the 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 standard you know recommendations 
you know, carry in their case, but, you know, more broadly around making sure your computers are, you know, you know properly uh, maintained and, and, and patched, um, yeah, having really, really uh, appropriate, uh, you know, password policies of not reusing passwords and so on, um, you know, having computers locked down, you know, appropriately from an admin perspective. Um, so there's, there's a, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things there that are, that are key. Um, and, of course, now we're, we're in um, a world where uh, multi-factor authentication has sort of become essential because systems are so, uh, so well uh, connected. So that's certainly, uh, you know, something that should really uh, be becoming the norm for, um, you know, for people these days in terms of securing, securing key systems. So it's not just a matter of having one password to, to get in, but you've got another, another mechanism for, uh, for authenticating yeah. Uh, and you know, I think that that's even, something. Even just turning off your computer every night is probably. I had I had a I had someone working for me a while back yeah. who honestly thought they were doing everything like our our policy was at the time. It still is. It's turn your computer off every night. She honestly thought she was doing the right thing because she turned her screen off every <laughs> night. And it wasn't until maybe six months later that I realized that she'd been doing this. Her computer hadn't been turned off for six months. She's turned off the screen, and so it's it's a big difference. You know, there, there, there the lights is. are on, but no one's home. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's interesting. It's yeah. it's certainly uh, not the first time we've heard of that sort of stuff happening. Right, I guess does, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it's the Muppets that operate does, does, That's does, the issue. Does that's the weak link. You might have well, the best policies and, in the world, and, but you know. and a lot of that comes down to training, right? You know, it's up to a, an organisation to make sure you know everyone knows and. Uh, you know, certainly from a cybersecurity perspective, you know, those of us that are a little bit more clued up might think people are just absolute idiots for the, the way they do certain things. Um, but actually, in most cases, it's um, uh, it's it's not you know it's not their fault if they haven't been told, they haven't been taught, and it's not their you know their area of expertise and um, so on. You know, whose whose fault is that? You know, I guess it's it's similar to. Um, you know, thinking about health, health and safety matters. You know, an organisation needs to take responsibility uh, for those things and can't just assume that everyone's going to, you know, mm. figure those things yeah, out. So it, yeah. you, you have to take these things uh, seriously, and uh, you know, you, you have to be proactive. You've got to, you know, keep going back. Uh, you know, and strategic. I heard that recently. It was a fantastic line. Oh, really? Fantastic line. I don't know where I heard it from. Okay, okay. Yeah, we <laughs> occasionally use that to talk about gorilla. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that uh, that aspect of training is important. One of the other one of the other things, uh, because we're seeing so much come through from phishing attacks, which you know wasn't necessary, wasn't the, you know wasn't the case here, uh, but we're seeing so many of these um, you know phishing phishing attacks coming through. Uh, is actually doing doing testing to check, right? So, what would happen if you if you send out a sort of a fake phishing attack uh, email to everyone within your organisation, right. and that's kind of like a, a mystery a, shopper, a, but a, in a really sinister way. Yeah, it's a it's a really good way of just you know of just seeing well, you know, are there some people here that are more likely to uh, to fall for that right. than others? And then that gives you an idea of who to focus on, who to spend time. So, so you would uh, actually on. like rec- recommend that you'd, you'd stage a phishing attack and oh, you'd send it to everybody in the, in, in the staff and just say, "Hey, can you give us your login details and your password? We're just doing some testing and yeah, see how many yeah. people kind of follow the mm. process." Mm. That's mm. a good idea, actually. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that's something that's uh, that, that's yeah, really really helpful in, mm. in getting a handle on what's. Uh, uh, where, where your where your points of risk are, mm. and then um, you know one of one of the other uh, things that uh, is has uh, has started happening in some uh, some scenarios is you know, you warn people not to be opening attach on, attachments on emails they weren't expecting and so mm. on, and, and sometimes people you know get hit at a time where they think oh no this is something I'm expecting, um, but there are now scenarios where people are actually placing a, a call. Or doing some sort of prep with somebody, so by the time they get this email that you want them to open, that that they're actually you know primed and and ready to open it because right. you know you've maybe you know someone's been on the phone and and you know said, oh, right. so somebody I'm, X, I'm XYZ party gotcha. and uh, I'm you know something. Just look, have, have a look at it. Let me know what you think. I'll call back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. and you know you you know you can think of. Um, yeah, there's a whole you know whole range of ways that that might happen, but mm. you know I've certainly received things like um, these 
uh, you know, your fake sort of courier tracking or invoices and things like that, right? And so you imagine someone comes on the phone and says, hey, we're sending you, you know, X, Y, Z, and so, oh, that's, you know, or you yeah. won something, what you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But if you, you put a, a, a little bit more sort of effort around it and get that person sort of softened up to expecting it. Sounds it, like you know what you're talking about, Paul. Uh, you're not like a computer hacker. I couldn't know? possibly comment on, on that. <laughs> Takes uh, one to know one, right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, look, you know, there's all, all, sorts, yeah. of, all sorts of tricks going on. Yeah. And look, but you do, you actually, you do need to sort of put that hat on it. Yeah. And, you know, it's that you've got to have empathy for, um, you know, for your team and, and think through what, you know, what are the scenarios uh, within your organization that you need to consider from, from, you know, someone who might not be as as smart as you, but you know, even even uh, the tech heads get uh, get sucked in by the, by these well, things, things are changing, occasionally. Right? You learn the tricks, and then next thing you know, there's another layer of it, and you didn't see that coming. So I get, even the people that know what they're doing, yeah. they can get caught out too. And then you've got to have that empathy with the hackers of like, right. well, what are, what are they going to be thinking? What are they going to be trying? Knowing knowing all the all the things that we know, yeah. what what's next? And it's getting you know, nice. it's, yeah. it is yeah, it's going to it's going to keep changing. Yeah. So um, yeah, but very very uh, very good read the uh, the mm. um, article there. So um, yeah, well well worth a look. So I'll put that one up in the uh, in the notes. Now, in terms of uh, gadgets, there's um, Xiaomi, who who are you know reasonably well known Chinese company, but we don't see a lot from them uh, here in New Zealand. So their their brand isn't uh, isn't particularly uh, strong. You know, I guess outside of the uh, the, the tech sector, where you know, a lot of a lot of people would would know about them, um, and look, they've done very well in uh, in China and some of the Asian markets, and and certainly with um, you know with tech enthusiasts who are you know looking for you know some some good technology, um, but at you know at reasonable sort of price points. And so, I was uh, reading with interest around their uh, Poco Phone F one, and you know the news of that's come out in the in the last uh, uh, little while. And uh, look, this this looks uh, you know pretty impressive in terms of uh, in terms of a phone. Um, You know, it's it's got. um, the sort of high-end chip, the Snapdragon 845, that's in a, you know really in the you know typically in top phones these days, uh, big 6.2 inch, uh, you know widescreen uh, display. Would it have similar um, components really to the like iPhone? Um, like look, it, you know, it, it's it's getting up there at that at that sort of uh, level with your you know certainly your your. Um, uh, leading phones from the you know the likes of of Samsung and um, Apple, uh, Huawei and um, so on. Yeah. So you know you you're getting a phone that when you look at the specs, it sort of looks like oh well this is the sort of thing you yeah you'd be expecting to pay a thousand dollars plus for, yeah. um, but it's launching for three around three hundred US dollars in India. Um, so you know. You, it's not. It's not just one that kind of looks like it's got top end features. I mean, it, it does, really, yeah. really does appear to uh, uh, to have you know lots and lots of that sort of high Gorilla end um, you know yeah. capability. So yeah, I mean, this is going to be interesting to to see you know how that um, uh, you know how how that works for them in India. I think um, uh, India sort of you know has. Such a big population and such a scale that they're they're able to, uh, you know, l- lay down some um, some laws as far as uh, importing of products and so on go. And well, I can't remember all of the exact details, but you know, my understanding is that uh, um, what the government has done there is, is put um, uh, legislation in place around the manufacture of things like smartphones, so that basically they need to be manufactured in India. Um, which is, you know, is, is a is a cunning way of sort of building up mm. their uh, building up their local business. But you know, no doubt they've um, you know they've looked at the, the growth of the Chinese economy in, in recent yeah. years, and you know they 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 want um, you know they want something uh, similar for for yeah. themselves. And look, you know, why wouldn't you be building this sort of stuff at home, right? If you can. Mm. 
Um, so, so are we going to be yeah, able to get I'm, one of these in, I'm, in New Zealand? Do you think? Like, well, the... you can usually import, you know, one 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 of anything, right? So, um, yeah. you know, there there will certainly uh, they haven't sent be... you one to review yet. Uh, no, and, 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 I, and I, well, I imagine that part of you know part of this sort of model uh, is the public relations and all that sort of stuff, and certainly the uh, yeah the advertising side of it is is all done on a you know on a on a pretty slim. Uh, basis, and you're working on uh, word of mouth as as uh, you know as much as much as you can. So um, yeah. yeah, so I don't think they'll be uh, they'll be sending out uh, you know stacks of uh, of, of freebies ar- around the place. But uh, yeah, as I say, it, it looks as though it um, um, cool name it though stands stands out pretty well. Yeah, Pocophone yeah. is that what it is? Pocophone. Yeah, Pocophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like telephone, but Pocophone. So yeah, we, I mean, we're just we've there's just there's so much going on, and um, you know, in the smartphone world, particularly on the Android front, it's you know it's very competitive, um, and you know we've we've already got uh, uh, you know here in New Zealand, uh, Oppo and Huawei, and a, you know a bunch of others, Mizu and and so on, who are gaining more and more sort of attraction in the market. And you know we we you know I, I certainly would expect that to sort of continue, right? And is it I mean, pretty much still Apple and, and everyone else, right? Uh, well, Apple and looking? Samsung have been the you know have been the two big brands, but uh, Huawei have have actually um, you know now knocked Apple down to number three. So you know it was it was Samsung as the number one, and you know they were able to hold that number one slot because of the variety of phones that they have, both at the top-end price points and the low-end ones. Uh, you know, Apple, of course, relegate themselves to the uh, the, the high-end uh, predominantly. Um, but, yeah, Huawei, you know, we talked about on an episode last year when, you know, I was visiting with them in China and, you know, had the discussion with a couple of other uh, journos around, well, is Huawei going to land in the number one spot in terms of smartphones? Is that, right? and, is that uh, kind of what the, the thing um, is? Well, that was, that was certainly our thinking at the, at the time. And, you know, since that, they've gone from number three to number two. Mm. Um, so it would be... Uh, the the one thing that has changed since that point in time is that their strong entry into the U.S. market has been rebuffed. So there were there was an expectation that the AT and T and and potentially other carriers were going to take the headline phones from Huawei and uh, uh, and start retailing them. And uh, the plug on that seemed to get pulled at the last minute. Uh, and right. of course that would have been a big point. We've, though, we've seen a we've seen a, you know really a big pushback. Um, you know. Uh, in the U.S., you know, against against Chinese brands, right? And a lot of that's you know very political. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, there are all sorts of reasons why you know varying firms will go along along with that. So, yeah. um, so that's really the only thing that you know potentially slows that down. Um, but but you know, I can just see the scale that that say Huawei can reach if if they don't find the other uh, the other Chinese you know phone manufacturers kind of. Uh, stealing away uh, a lot of their potential market share, if they can continue on on any sort of tr- similar trajectory to what they've had, um, then you know it seems quite likely that they will they would hit that number one mm. uh, market market share point. Um, cool. You know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, if that happens for them. Um, you know, sometime between now and the end of twenty nineteen, healthy competition end up getting a better product out of it. So it's. Well, we hope so. We hope it all all ends up well for the the, the consumer. Yeah. Um, you so know, if you if you if little. you've got too many brands, there can be some doubt. You know, some downsides of that. But um, right. well, you know, once it all gets too comfortable for the brands, then there are downsides as well, right? So, mm. um, yeah, there's there's probably pretty good things generally coming out of the, the yeah. competition at the yeah. moment. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the the state there. Um, now I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about uh, technology and, and its role, sort of uh, you know in the in the worlds of sort of banking and finance, and um, you know, and yourself as a financial advisor, um, you know how that plays in. And I, I saw uh, a, a headline uh, today actually um, with I think it was CNBC. And it said, uh, and and this was coming from the ex uh, boss of of Barclays Bank, and he said technology is the most profound force bearing down on on big banks. And you know, of course, it's it's, it's not too long ago, uh, about ten years now, 
um, since the uh, you know the global financial crisis. Uh, you know, really hit, and uh, you know, banks were having to get bailed out, and uh, you know, there were there were all sorts of dramas. Uh, there's a stat in this article said lenders have paid out more than uh, 320 billion in fines. Over, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, over that, over that, that period. was the first time so, I read that number, so, and I'm like, wow, who did yeah. they pay the fines? Too, presumably, well, I, I wished it to be me, but yeah, um, right. you know, <laughs> clearly, uh, yeah. you know, not not uh, uh, not not the case. But mm. um, I'd be wearing a, a nicer suit. I just no hope doubt. maybe you can go to the uh, health board or something. Yeah, just to help with that nose bill. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, really, uh, you know, really, really interesting to see. Um, you know, that the the banking sector, I guess, is is more and more getting. Um, an understanding of how technology will, uh, you know, transform their industry. Mm. Even if they're, you know, at this stage, you know, a lot of banks, uh, you know, maybe are, are hoping these things take a lot longer. Uh, some banks are trying to be more at the at the forefront, but we're, we're seeing certainly, a, you know, a whole bunch of uh, of new businesses that are that are mm. you know leading the charge. Um, you know, there, there's a, a business that uh, that Gorilla uh, deals with, which is uh, in in this sort of sector, but they're they're a non they're, they're not actually a bank uh, that are based in in the uh, uh, in the UK. Um, you know, who have been, um, you know, I guess pushing through and doing a bunch of new things. But there's there's a whole lot of, you know, I guess startups that are that are really trying mm. to sort of shake up the whole mm. uh, traditional banking model, right? Because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a funny relationship with technology, and this is just from someone kind of on the periphery of it, looking at these institutions. This weird relationship where, hey, things are going really great. You know, we're making some profit. We don't really want to change. We don't really want anything to change, but you know, deep down inside, they know it's coming, and so there's parts of the bank which are really aggressively looking into this stuff and trying mm, to figure out mm. what's the next, what's the next thing, and how can we be the first there to own that space. And we see it. Um, I see it a lot happening in in the advice part of of banks or financial institutions, not just mm, banks, mm, mm. Um, where robo advice is being used as a tool to effectively distribute their products, but kind of add value to it more and almost pick up the slack that people like myself, traditional financial advisors, leave, which is servicing those people with slightly lower levels of wealth, people that traditionally people like me kind of ignore. Sorry. Uh, the banks... Well, and, you, you, there's not, you know, there hasn't traditionally been an opportunity for you to no, you we know, don't, earn, yeah. we, earn, we can't get earn that, revenue so you know, in certain segments. So you've got to go... You know where where you can make money, and you you, got you, know, it, yeah. you can't you can't make and money so, out of ju- you know just just everyone charity right? work. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, and and that's partly why that why we've been really keen on this podcast is because it, it does feel like it's a way to help people increase their financial literacy levels, and it feels just like the right thing to do. And the government's it taken some interest in uh, in in that as well, right? You know, there's yes. good, you know online yeah. uh, resources, and you especially know, the, right now. And I, if I can give a plug to Sorted. Mm. Um, sorted.org.nz I believe it is yeah. and you know this is money week right now actually mm. Mm. so yeah the, uh, the the what is it I can never remember the acronym it's, it's almost as bad as school teachers um, the I'm not even going to say the commission for financial capability that's the mm. one mm. so they, they yeah they're doing some awesome things um, but I, I think from a I think the, the free market can actually do something here I don't think we should discount what the free market can and is willing to do to innovate to solve the problem of Kiwis, potentially, not not just Kiwis, but everybody in this space, not getting financial advice. A lot of people don't seek out financial advice. There's this real strong spirit of DIY-ism in New Zealand. A lot of of people don't realize that financial advice is available to them and it's out there and it's accessible um, but the reality is on our side as, as financial advisors, unless they've got pre-existing amounts of debt or wealth, we we don't really want to know them professionally because we won't get paid to, to know them. Yeah, there's also the aspect from uh, from the individual's perspective of do I you know do I want to seek advice? Mm. And I remember um, yeah quite quite you know quite some some years ago I probably you know. I'd, I'd, I was, you know, I was earning okay, but I wasn't thinking too seriously on the investing side. I remember, you know, sitting down with somebody I knew, 
um, and uh, you know, and learning about their business, thing. Oh, this, you know, this is you know, it was really really interesting. But I thought, oh, you know, I, I'm not sure I want to be throwing money at somebody else to sort of manage, you know, manage mm. this stuff. Um, but and, and when you're not, and, when, when you're you not know, earning and, much, and you don't and, have a lot to invest, that hurts a lot more, right? Well, and, and you know, in hindsight, it could, you know, could have been good just to get you know get somebody else sort of plugged right. in, and at least having those. Uh, those discussions, but the, you know, then today you you know you mentioned robot advice. I mean, there's there's um, you know lots of different you know mechanisms, mm. I guess now, um, or you know there are approaches that are relevant to everyone. So mm. you know, if you know if, if nothing else, uh, you know people can go to a site like sorted.org.nz and you know and get some knowledge. And you know another That's option, right. yep, they can listen into um, yeah you know, NZ Everyday Investor and be you know learning from you. And from the different guests and so on that you have on your show, uh, other people might suit being, you know, being a client, paying a financial advisor, uh, dealing with somebody at their a wealth manager at a bank and so on. Yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of different or, ways to know, get it, right? Or, but, but you know, one, like a large you said, investment firm you, and so you've on. You've got to seek it out. Like you've got to, yeah. And, and I guess we have this natural, um, you know, we, we don't really like to seek out advice, especially when. We're, we're experimenting with something like it's kind of like with some things it's totally okay to experiment just do it on your own like gardening you know just figure it out on yourself but you wouldn't diy a root canal right like you, there's a line that you know you can't cross where you're doing something with that, bigger that, consequences that, could, that right? could be painful right yeah, totally like if i was to give myself if i was to fix my own cavity with my power drill and some you know Epoxy or whatever. I'd, I'd be yeah. there to watch that. Darcy. It'd be awesome. <laughs> we we'll stream it to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you know so that, I mean? but the financially, that could work out quite quite <laughs> well for you if you got the uh, uptake and advertising. But yeah, yeah no, I right. will talk about that after the show. We'll take that <laughs> offline. We'll put a pin in that one. Sorry, we'll come back to that. But but th- there's this. There is a line where it's fine to DIY with some stuff, but with other stuff, you know, you're playing with something that's too important, hmm. and you do you should get some advice. But uh, you know, traditionally, there hasn't been a lot of people that have been willing or able or available or on tap or whatever for, to, to meet the needs of those people that need that type of advice at that time. Whereas what's happening right now with robo-advice is that now there's this other option, which so far seems to be, it seems to be the product manufacturers or the, you know, the investment firms and the banks and the insurance companies. They, they seem to be the first ones that are kind of toying around with stuff, but... I'm quite keen to see some some tools that would be made available to people like me, traditional financial advisors, that will equip us to be more like bionic advisors, where we, we have a in our toolbox, we can implement some robo-advice tools, which do some of the base work, and then we can gravitate more on the strategy, the advice, the planning. That's the stuff where you, you do really still want a human, don't you, to, to speak to your world, to actually understand where you're at, Say, hey, I really think you should consider this and look at this, and what about that? And you know, an algorithm is only going to be able to do so much. You know, it's own, it's it's operating in the information realm. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, the yeah. algorithms, algorithms will, will take everything. over, and we will no longer have any jobs. In three months' time, they're all gone. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I, I agree. Yeah, lot. You know, they're, 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 mm. yeah, they're, there's a place to to utilize alg- algorithms and. Um, you know, robo advice and um, AI and so on, and um, you know, like you know, sometimes AI getting referred to as a as a as a assistive technology that it, you know mm. it it helps, but it doesn't necessarily replace. Um, mm. You know, uh, doesn't necessarily replace us, but it's um, right. you know it's it's an it's an assistant, and yeah. so um, yeah, look, you know, I think there. Uh, you know, over, over time, there will probably be you know relevant for some people. We'll be just you know using more mm. uh, that robo type type advice. Um, but yeah, adding in adding in that sort of expertise of somebody that you trust yeah, yeah. that really understands and can sort of weigh up. So well, the you know the robo advice has given me this, but actually you know based on what I've seen, there, there may be some other quirks and. Um, there, there was a discussion. Uh, it might have been on Radio Radio New Zealand earlier on in the on the week to do with um, KiwiSaver and the different uh, the different claims being made from uh, different yeah. institutions around uh, how uh, how much you might uh, save by your retirement. 
Oh, you mean and, the, and, the actual and, calculators? That yeah, are, yeah. So they they all I, got I calculators, but there's not yeah. a there's not necessarily a perfect sort of standard to it. So, mm. you know, a, a, an AI or robot can you know can only leverage the data that that's available to it, right? So if the AI went and visited all of the uh, all of the KiwiSaver sites and then you know used their calculators to work out uh, how well you might do. The site that gives you the best result may be using completely, completely different, mm. um, you know, met- in, metrics uh, to give the outcome, and it may, it could possibly be the worst performer. Maybe you know, I, mm. don't, I don't know the realities of it, but you know, it was, it was talked about things like you know, one calculator looks and it assumes you're going to, you know, your your salary is going to keep increasing by you know X percentage every year. Uh, which will depend on all sorts of factors, what field mm. you're in, and so on. So, tax you know, how, rates will be the same. Yeah, the tax Historical rates might returns. stay the same, and you know that you won't ever have a downturn because it's only looking back at the last five years worth of data, and things have all been up on the up and up. Um, so, yeah, look, a, a, a robot that just utilizes that um, is mm. is going to be really lacking compared to plugging into an individual mm. who's got you know. Ten or twenty years worth of, yeah. uh, you know, w- worth of experience. So, you know, but those two working together, maybe, yeah. it, maybe, able to come yeah. out with a better. I, th- I, th- better, I think that there's uh, a certain result. sort of like the underlying um, assumption here with with robo advice is that you know, people make rational decisions. That's that's the underlying assumption that if if given the facts, everybody will choose the most rational. Yeah, you know, I think it'll, it'll mm. point to the mm. obvious answer. Mm. But mm. I think, and, and this is something that I've observed as well, is that people actually aren't rational. You know, they like to think they are, but they aren't really. And so, what actually drives an investment what's a, what's decision? A, what's a, what's a give give an example of that? Can I use my wife as an example? Depends whether she's listening or not. Going home tonight or and, not. Uh, yeah. no. um, like, and it, what, I, I know a lot of people will choose. Say, for example, they'll choose a, an investment which has low management fees, and that's really, really important to them. But they forget the fact that that investment option actually has the lowest performance over the bunch, or they'll choose um, a, a locally managed fund versus an international one because, again, because it's, it's better, it's local, we want to keep our profits local, but you're not actually getting exposure to all these international equities here. Mm. So there's a lot of um, decisions, that, and that's, no, that's not to say that that's wrong. Mm. You, know, you don't have to always choose something with the best return, but you do have to choose something that is congruent with who you are, and sometimes that might not be rational. And so if uh, you know, a, a robot advisor or a robo-advisor is pointing to something, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should always follow that. And so that's where you, you need this human element, I think, to connect yeah. and say, well, well maybe, maybe you should consider this. You've told mm. me that you kind of mm. like this and, you know. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's really It's not an easy answer. Now, now if, we, if we look at the, sort of the broader financial sort of services industry, banks and so on, there's particular areas where they make a lot of margin, right? And, you know, we know our banks in New Zealand, you know, it's not unusual for them, you know, for a bank to make, you know, a billion, billion dollar type profit in a, in a year. Um, and, you know, when you look internationally, there's, you know, there's, there's huge amounts that are made out of, you know, fees and all the other uh, bits and pieces and uh, exchange rates and interest rates and, and, and the like. Um, but you know, these are all opportunities for technology to really, you know, cause some disruption over time, mm. right? And so, um, you know, whether, whether it be the... Um, you know, to access funds and then, you know, crowds sort of come together and, uh, you know, to borrow money and, you know, other people sort of come in through, you mm. know, the varying, you know, platforms that are that allow this. So rather than having to go through a bank uh, platform to uh, to invest your money or to borrow money, you can go through, you know, you go through a, a, another sort of platform that maybe has a much reduced, um, you know, mm. rate uh, or margin. Uh, we've seen this sort of stuff happening uh, when when it comes to uh, current currency uh, exchanges, Correct. right? Yeah. Um, so you basically you know you cut the bank out of the process. Yeah. Um, we've obviously got the the world of um, you know crypt- cryptocurrencies and 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 uh, and um, you know potential there for again for margins sort of dis- disappear as people are moving mm. uh, moving funds around. Not you know not always the case, but uh, you know there's there's all sorts of areas I think you know potentially where these things change. And then you know we see big dominant global players coming into you know mm. particular spaces and causing di- disruption. 
Um, you know, you've you've got the the uh, you know, the likes of Amazon who are you know having having a big impact in, in varying areas. Um, you've got uh, you know PayPal playing playing their part, and you know they probably weren't weren't as successful as as some of the ideas that um, you know the founders may have uh, may have envisaged. Uh, but there's you know certainly you know possibilities there. Um, Ali um, Baba out of uh, out of China, and now with their AliPay. Uh, and so on. So you you know you've got these varying uh, varying platforms that you know often there's not sort of a, a bank to be seen too mm. uh, uh, too near or you know involved in uh, you know clipping the ticket as much. Although uh, you know often there are credit cards involved, so there's uh, there is yeah. you know money that disappears down those but channels. Things, things but, are changing pretty but, quick. But you know we you know we we're used to having. Um, you know, Mastercard and and uh, and Visa is our you know two sort of primary ones. Um, you know, I think there's there's the potential for an Amazon or an Alibaba or something like that to come in with a new you know with with something new, whether it's you know it's a, just a digital thing that would that would go global uh, and would disrupt the place of uh, of those uh, those firms. Uh, or, or whether even it in, includes a new credit card from a new brand. I don't know how hard that it's would crazy. be. To, and that I sort of thing would be yeah, to roll out, but yeah, you know, bank, they, banks they, are, there's so many possibilities. Like bank, bank, or the traditional financial institutions, it's almost like they've got a target on their back. Hmm. And innovators from the bottom up, they're, they're gunning for it. And I hmm. think that there's, it's really interesting to see all this, especially when you get into cryptocurrency, because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that's happening that you need to be front-footing. You need to actually be quite aware of what's going on here because you can't just stick in your same paradigm and expect the future will keep on bringing in the same profits because I'm pretty sure the days are numbered. And, and it's just a matter yeah. of how long. Yeah, and you know, I think um, you know, f- your role at the moment in, in you know, providing financial advice is one where yeah, you probably have to have your finger more on the pulse than, oh, than ever yeah. would have been you know, needed in the past. Uh, because uh, you know the traditional, you know, I remember when you know the first time I was, uh, you know, took some sort of interest in uh, in buying some shares, and it was like, look, you buy these blue chip stocks, and you know, here's the thing, and look, it's worked really well for me, and you know, you get this sort of different advice, and look, you just you know buy these stocks, and you sit on them forever, and they just keep going up, and you get your dividends and whatnot. Uh, and you know now the sort of things I'm I'm interested in are, are you know probably more lending it will be considered at the the riskier end. But right. you know if, if if they pan out, then um, you know as as we've seen you know tech startups they can That's right. you know they can they can be worth you know much 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 more longer term than what they started yeah. out at. Uh, and hey, if they you know if they dis- disrupt something and, and manage to you know stay on the ball, then they probably are around for a long time. Whereas, look, would I would I be investing in uh, traditional, mm. you know, banks right now? Mm. Um, that you know, that's that's a little bit of a harder call because just just it, like yeah. looking at say Sky TV here in New Zealand, uh, you know, who is yeah, you know slowly true, yeah. being uh, eroded. Uh, you know eroded, but you know, basically the the business that they were uh, ten years ago uh, compared to where they'll be in another five or ten years, you know, completely completely different. Um, and you know, possibly worth a, a tiny fraction of you know mm. of, of what they what they were at, you know um, just you know just a few years ago. If we look just a few years mm. forward, and uh, you know Kodak, who I visited recently, you know in the US to you know get a little bit about a, a handle on you know on 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 the the disruption there, what they got wrong and, and got right. You know, it's very very interesting sort of looking into that. But there's the potential for that sort of thing mm. with. You know, with the whole sort of investment and banking you and still, finance industry, yeah, you're, you're gonna, and, the, and the thing is, is that when you're when you're trying to make a decision as an investor, um, and you're trying to make a decision as to what the right thing is to do with the wealth that you find yourself in possession of, you want to grow it. Following advice from a decade or two ago, or even further, is that really? And I'm not suggesting anybody throw away traditional wisdom. There's there's a lot of value in that. But you need to start thinking about the future world and trying to find out what's the what's the future advice that you need to employ for the future world for the future you, mm-hmm. rather than try, you know for example interest rates. We've been so low with interest rates for so long. Is this the new world? You know, it's, I'm not saying that it is, but you know it's a question that you need to ask yourself because maybe putting 
half a million in the bank and relying on, on, on the interest to fund your retirement mm. isn't necessarily a smart idea. Mm. So you're mm. using mm. some of these older paradigms to plan for your financial future. There's actually a lot of risk in that because of what's mm. happening. So much disruption. Yeah. yeah. So you need to kind of keep an open mind a little bit. Don't throw your mind away. But you know, keep an open mind, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good call. And and look, these things that are that are that are happening, um, you know, around the world of money are are also happening, you know, pretty much in every every other area of business. So you know, it's something when I meet with uh, business owners and and business leaders, we you know we spend a lot of time sort of. You know, talking about you know how they can make sure that they've sort of got their finger on the pulse that the, you know their 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 business is you know is really um, you know thinking ahead and continuing to sort of reevaluate where they are all the time. Don't mm. set sort of a you know a five year plan of hey this is where our business is going to be in in five years and think hey you set your strategy and you're away. Mm. Uh, you know you've got to keep looking at that all the time and keep. Improving and pivoting and, mm. and you know adjusting uh, yeah. accordingly and pivoting uh, that is such a I've only just discovered that word pivoting yeah. everybody's pivoting at the moment aren't they <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> well as long as you uh, yeah you, as long as you're pivoting the right way of course. in the in the right direction you don't want to pivot and, uh, the wrong way do you yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, that's you know, especially you know, that's especially common when talking about startups. They start with one idea. Actually, it doesn't work, but they, you know, they've learned enough to be able to readjust in another area. But, yeah. but look, you know, uh, any any small business probably, you know, should be making, uh, you know, similar considerations. You know, uh, bigger businesses, you you know, you can't turn the ship necessarily so easily. But mm-hmm. there's there's all sorts of approaches. Of course, we've got uh, you know uh, Spark at the moment who, are, you know, re- really trying to uh, be a much more agile, uh, you know, business and and have that sort of methodology right through. Uh, right through their organisation, and uh, you know, look, they've um, you know they've had some good uh, successes with uh, uh, with their Spark uh, Ventures, um, yeah, yeah. you know, entity. That's right, yeah. And um, you know, it's um, yeah, very um, uh, pleasing. I'm you know, I'm sure to all involved with um, their their um, uh, skinny mobile operation, yeah. which has really grown into yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, something uh, pretty strong. I'm. Uh, I'm not so sure that uh, their competition would be uh, so uh, so so pleased about it. Um, yeah. You know, they've they've really you know got in and uh, and and you know, it, in some ways you know copied um, the, the the play of two degrees, but whilst leveraging their own network. But I think they've been incredibly successful mm. with. Uh, it's a good strategy. Uh, why you know, re- why reinvent doing the wheel that? when you can just clone another one, right? Well, yeah, and they, they've certainly had some, uh, you know, some, you know, unique things that they've uh, they've, they've done along the way, um, but you know, it follows this this approach that we hear about of you know disrupting yourself, and uh, mm. you know, they're uh, they're, they're competing with uh, um, with the parent with Spark, uh, but you know, they're, they're they're doing it in such a way you know, that I imagine at the, at the end of the day, sort of you know, probably plays mm. out reasonably well for them. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Good. Well. Um, there's probably a whole lot more we could sort of dive into. We haven't even on, talked about on, our feelings on, or anything. Uh, <laughs> not chatting about this stuff, so uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll chat feelings after the show. That's okay, see. sorry. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll put a pen on that one as well. <laughs> um, but look, always good to uh, catch yeah, up and chat. Me. Now, New Zealand Everyday Investor Podcast, for those yeah. that are interested to hear a bit more of what's happening in this world okay. and, and uh, you know, maybe learning a little bit about how to – how to manage their uh, their, yeah. their their pot, whether it's one that's in the negatives or the positives yep. or wherever it's it may lie. It's funny use that word pot. So, if, <laughs> now people, listen. If you have you're going to watch it, listeners, you've got to be careful of Darcy's yeah, humor. I'm not sure where, how, you know, whether, whether yeah. uh, too many people have have, have, uh, have have picked up on the the vibes, but there's, there's certainly a, a good laugh from I'm time to time best, on your uh, yeah, on no, your it's podcast. Re- and it's, it's been fun. We've been having such a blast in the last little while. The guests that have come on the show have been Amazing because I've, I've, um, if anyone's listened to the show, we've got um, Pumpkin, the mysterious one I call her. She's a, um, she's a picture of the everyday investor that I'm trying to speak to, someone who's not necessarily in that space, but we're trying to make every show um, accessible to her. So, so she's my co host. Um, she comes along and she's there. If she doesn't get it, we, we bring back the conversations so that she can get it. And I think that's a really powerful tool, bringing her along, because it's, it's been making the show really accessible and really understandable. We're not using jargon and stuff like that. We've had some really interesting guests. Um, Sharesies is one that we've just released. Um, 
and actually ties quite in nicely with the robo advice piece. Um, we've got a really cool one coming out on Monday. Um, won't ruin it here, but I'll just uh, say that yeah, it's it's interesting if you're into pots. So definitely want to be uh, subscribed to the show. Visit uh, pots without the S. Without the S, yes, oh. that's right. So um, ends at everydayinvestor.com. Subscribe. We're um, putting a cool um, some some new articles on there soon. Running a couple of blogs. Um, but no, we're we're having a blast. It's that's good. Great. That's good. Loving it. Excellent. Well, um, been great having you on the show, and uh, everyone now knows where to where to find you, or yeah. just Google NZ Everyday Investor if they want to connect with you directly. You're yeah. on LinkedIn, or yep. where's, where's the best place to track you down? Just Google me, honestly. Yeah. Just Google me. I'm I should be everywhere by now. How do you spell Except this? Except Tinder. I'm so not Darcy Ungaro. How do you spell the Ungaro? I can um, never remember. U N G A R O. Oh, it's just it's Italian oh, for um. Hung not, on too horse. Hard. not too hard. Not too hard. No, it's not not Italian for not too hard. No, it's uh, Italian for Hungarian, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So interesting. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So um, www.ungaro.co.nz. You can find me there as well. But just just go to NZ Everyday Investor. You'll find me. Nice, nice. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for uh, for listening in. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next week. We've got uh, some great uh, episodes also uh, coming up uh, during the month. And you can track me down on uh, LinkedIn, Paul Spain, or at Paul Spain on Twitter uh, or Facebook. For anyone that's watching the live feed, uh, cool. you may have noticed that our studio has had a bit of an upgrade. So uh, builders have been in, and uh, uh, we've refurbished the studio. And you, you may even you may even notice the audio sounding a little little bit different. The room's, it's amazing. Uh, the, the room's a bit but deader. Also, it's awesome. The room is, is more dead. It's more dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's even more deader. Uh, and awesome. uh, and you know I guess we're you know we're we're upgrading visually. We'll be doing a lot more uh, video content in the studio here as well. We're going to um, do a flannelgram on, on our show. A flannelgram. Oh, really? So okay. cut out pieces of felt because they'll stick to this really well. So I'm going to start bringing my flannel along. I'm not so sure about that one, Darcy. Oh, once you see it once, you'll be sold, Paul. Well, we will, we, we, we will see. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, we'll catch you, uh, catch you again next week. But look out on Facebook for those. Uh, there's the NZ Tech podcast page, and they often go up on, uh, on my Paul Spain page as well. All right. See ya. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.